This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. Um, we're not live today, so don't text us. I know I'm embarrassed to tell you, but, you know, one has to be upfront about these things. However, you can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. We might well be putting stuff out on there to draw you in. Mm. And um, you can email us, of course, via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. And uh, if we don't do them today, we'll do them another time, maybe. I love that you were so honest about that. It took open courage. Well, I'm generally uh, disapproving of um, DJs pre-recording. Yes. Get out of bed. <laughs> it's... You've got a lovely job that a lot of people are killed for. Get in there and do it. That's my view. But obviously, I'm not referring to anyone at Absolute Radio. I don't want to make myself some sort of local beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speak, speaking of beasts, the man who drove me in this morning. No. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't mean him. Um, you know, sometimes if you get talking to a driver, you get a bit of a backstory. Yeah. In the other, in other words, that what I, I'm driving now, but I used to, and then you get that. And this was a guy who worked for BA on the cargo side of things. Oh, I'd be fascinated by that. So my first question, I was once on an American Airlines flight, internal flight, small plane, about 40 minutes. For the whole flight, there was a dog barking from the hold. Yeah. And I said to him, people were getting genuinely concerned for this dog. It was really going for it. And he said, oh, yeah, somebody must have left the, uh, the door open. He said, there's a door... Very technical reply. Yeah. yeah. He said, there's a door in the cockpit that goes down into the hold. He said, you, you can't access it from the passenger area. Oh, like I was at a Batman. So I said, um, so is it a normal thing, transporting animals? And he said, oh, yeah. He said, I've done lions, tigers. I said, OK. And there's a door, you say, from the hold <laughs> into the cockpit. <laughs> And he said, now they knock them out. Right. He said, the, oh, the thing pilots. Is, no, he said, what he said, <laughs> he said uh, the, the lions and the tigers, he said, they, they knock them out. They wouldn't let them travel. I said, well, what about when they travel long distance? He said, just give them, give them a bit more. Yeah. And they, they well, sleep. Let's hope there are never any mistakes made on that job. <laughs> no, exactly. Especially if they find the door to the cockpit. It'd be quite an astonishing thing to see a plane hijacked by a lion. Well, if, a, if there was a plane, God forbid, a plane went down, if the black box showed that a lion had attacked the pilot... You'd be surprised at that outcome. But they'd be just as calm, I think. Ah, there's yeah. just uh, King of the Jungle uh, made his way up to the front here. And yeah. Um, we're about to land a little... <laughs> a little Actually, bit... Oh, <laughs> than I anticipated. You're just, right, the lion does have the energy of a, of a pilot, whereas what would you fear most if you were a pilot? Chimp. Si- yeah. Sitting in that car. Oh, I'd quite like a chimp. No, I don't know. I think a Komodo dragon would worry me. Judging uh, by us, as I was saying on the last show, it might be that the chimp could actually make an announcement yes. if he decided to break its eternal silence <laughs> to the human beings. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that I think would struggle the most would be the grizzly because they, they have a lot of junk in the trunk. You wouldn't be able to sit on the chair on the pilot's chair well they're in um no one is down there he was telling me so there's no mm. they don't travel with keepers or anything like that no they're just conked out in some sort of imagine the size of the carrier case for a, a lion yeah huge was it sort of animal green room down there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> backstage yeah. having a cigarette recording a podcast but you imagine those you know when you see the the, the luggage people look a bit indifferent <laughs> to your suitcase you can imagine the lion like pushed in so the bars are facing the wall <laughs> imagine the lion coming out on the the uh, conveyor belt yeah. 
This is not casually, casually reclining. As long as it's in its, ca- its case, I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to see it. I'll say in its case, as if it's uh, one of those um, constructed. Uh, rifles that you see assassins take out in films. Clipping on the claw. <laughs> so you open a suitcase, there's a lion shaped indentation that it fits into perfectly. Frank Skinner. This is um, still Frank Skinner. Yes. In case Frank. You're mm. John Skeldon has been in touch. Not John Skelton, the. Um, the poet laureate of Henry VIII. No. Okay. <laughs> if it is John Skelton, hi. Um, John Skelton says, I hope you enjoyed Kiss last night in Birmingham. Your son sounded like he did. I was the chap in front. My missus shook your hand. And we had another... We had someone else get in touch, Pierre, didn't we? Yeah, Jamie... Uh, got in touch and said uh, hope you enjoyed Kiss last night I was there with my nephew and we spotted you and decided coming decided against coming for the selfie right I love that film yeah (laughs) (laughs) nephew asked why and I said Sam there are many situations in which you may be successful in getting a selfie with a well known person and the queue for the toilets is not one of them (laughs) (laughs) I love Jamie I would have happily done a queue for the toilets selfie so um Kiss in Birmingham eh yes so what I did... What a father. Uh, yeah, yeah. I picked my son up from school, four o'clock, and off we went, M1. And, uh, yeah, you know, kiss. I mean, uh, you really are. That's such a fabulous dad thing. I love that. M1? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're telling us the road. It yeah. was... Um, yeah, it was. It was. You know, I've, I, the last time I saw Kiss, the only previous time I saw them was also in Birmingham at the Odeon in 1976. <laughs> <laughs> so my my expanse wow. of Kiss watching is quite. Had, um, the fa- had the fashions changed? Not not much for Kiss to be honest. <laughs> Kiss are eternal in many ways. This yeah. is, I mean, officially. Really, really, the last two. That's that's yeah. the idea. Oh, they always say that. Uh, but um, they're very consistent look-wise. No surprises for the kiss makeup lady. No, exactly. <laughs> they've they've. <laughs> imagine if she turned up, same same as every year. Oh, we're thinking of doing something. She's uh, doing smiley faces this time. <laughs> the theory is they do their own. Ah. I wish I loved that. I love the old theatrical in the mirror in the in the hair. It reminds me of that William Hartnell interview. <laughs> When he was in Panto, and the guy said, "Is this your what you're looking for now?" And he said, "What? No, I'm not front of cloth." <laughs> he said, "I'm a, I'm a legit actor." Oh, I mean, I love it. No, they. I think I'm told they do their own. Um, wow. That's the word on the street. And what do they wear, Frank? Um, is it a sort of jump pantsuit? They wear. Um, I would it's, say it's space like, armour. Yeah, it's armoury, isn't it? Is there's it? knee pads and elbow pads. So there's like black tights underneath. There's enormous eight-inch oh platforms. <laughs> okay. But they are, well, in some cases, clawed, as in, rather than just... They have actual claws, silver claws on them. Really? Yeah. And then their makeup. they each have their own specific makeup. So there's the demon and the star oh. child. And, of course, the cat. The cat. The drummer is a cat with, with whiskers drawn on. Yeah, that's the, the left field one of that's, the four. That's the short straw. Yeah. Why is he a cat? I don't understand the narrative. There is no narrative. Oh, OK. He just is the cat. But he's been the cat since 76. Well, it's not actually wasn't him then. If a new drummer comes in, they just adopt the same makeup. I mean, it's it's a great How far plan. does he have to take the cat persona? Is he allowed to use normal he doesn't, toilets? It, it, or? It, it, no, he doesn't bury his own excrement. <laughs> he doesn't have a litter tray. <laughs> no, no. Um, he's got green green eyes in the makeup thing. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I would describe the clothes as sort of... Glam rock space warriors. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. They're, they're yeah. very much like comic book characters. Yes. And in fact, they are also comic book. And when they first brought out a comic book in America, they had a big moment when they all went and gave a pint of blood and it was poured into the ink vat so uh, that their actual blood would be in the cup. That's cool. That's metal. What kids are not um, low on is um, self-publicity ideas. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. 
So, yeah, they've aged well, is, is my point with Kiss, is that they, they could carry on forever and they look, they look pretty much like they did in 76. Mm. It's another advantage of the heavy makeup. It is, it's perfect. Tell me about it, dear. I mean, <laughs> the man in the Iron... Wait till I've left the room. <laughs> but the man in the Iron Mask could carry on working into his 80s. That's true. Yeah, who would know? It's the reverse of Andy Warhol getting his sort of grey hair so people couldn't be contemptuous of his youth. Well, that was where oh, the Phantom was yeah. so clever, I felt. Oh, the Phantom. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, the Phantom uh. is... Uh, the fa- I'm actually wearing a Phantom T-shirt today. But the Phantom was a comic book hero whose dad was the Phantom and whose granddad was the Phantom. Mm. And the locals... Um, in those days, but it being assumed they weren't as clever as the Phantom, assumed that he, he lived forever. Mm. Oh, of course, right. The problem with the man in the Iron Mask working forever, of course, is there's going to be a bit of a gap on his CV. Yes. <laughs> Where the guy says, hold on, there's 20 years. Well, I, yes, I was in the Bastille. <laughs> that's not going to help, is it? Yes. Oh, that's what everyone says. <laughs> <laughs> so he's finished. But they were, I have to say, they were amazing. Did they yeah. have any support? Yes, they had. I don't mean Zimmer Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> they had, um, they're only in their early 70s. Yeah. Uh, Skindred was the, I didn't see the first support act because, oh. you know, I was driving, we were at the merch. Of One course. thing that is big, any kiss thing, they leave no, um, <laughs> no capitalist stone unturned. <laughs> so I bought my son a T-shirt 45 quid. Oh. The, the programme was 35. Yo. I know. You could have got Gucci for that, huh? I know. Wow. It's, uh, so, but that's Kiss, you know, that's how they do it. It's interesting because when I saw him in 76, I bought a Kiss badge. And I, I don't remember how much it cost, but I remember it looked, the more I looked at it, the more I could see the lines of what we used to call a felt pen, what you'd now call a Sharpie in the design and I noticed that it was there was something it was slightly raised from the badge so I peeled it and it peeled and it peeled and underneath it it said Manchester United Kings of Europe <laughs> so oh, someone no. had just drawn some KISS <laughs> logos and put them on old badges <laughs> oh that's disappointing but that's changed that has yes anyway the support act I saw was Skindred Oh, so they've done a play on Kindred, is what they've done. They have, but with it's quite with clever, and they've got skin. There's all my sorts family going on. could call themselves Kindred. <gasps> yes, but Skindred are famous uh, for a, a a phenomenon known as the Newport helicopter. Oh right, oh, do tell. And uh, the way when when I first heard the, I saw an interview with the singer, and he spoke of the Newport helicopter as if it was an elaborate ritual which takes place at their gigs. And I thought, I'm looking forward to this. What you actually do is you take your shirt off and wave it above your head, oh, like a helicopter blade. Wow! Oh. But it looks great when there's thousands of people. I get. I believe it. Duncan Ferguson. I saw him do that once at Goodison Park. Well, of course they, they are. Um, the lead singer is Welsh in Skindred, and um, Ryan Giggs did it as a mm. famous celebration. But you before it was big. the Newport helicopter. Oh right! I, I really yeah. The phrase Newport helicopter to me implies pyro, or or winching or pyro as in. Well, just it sounds like an astonishing stagecraft, yes. uh, as opposed to just you know. No, no, it's it, it's that. Yeah. I um, it got me thinking about um, gig. We'll we'll come back to this, but gig rituals, mm. things that people do at gigs. Um, I'll give you an example. If if I saw a gig in the seventies, fifteen or twenty minutes before the gig, people would start going. Wally! Wally! And that would continue right up to when the band came on. <laughs> Different times. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. You were talking, Frank, about the sort of rituals one sees at gigs. Do you like one sees at gigs? Yes. Um, so shouting Wally, the Newport helicopter. Yeah. Um, obviously, at rock gigs, there was a bit where... Um, I think it was uh, Gene Simmons, the bass player of Kiss, who said, let me see your horns. It could have been the lead singer. Anyway, 
Let me see your horns, and then you hold up that hand, that rock hand with um, two central fingers folded and the two outer fingers erect. Yes. To celebrate, I think, um, <laughs> the horns of the devil. Yes. And his, but let's not and let's his, celebrate, maybe, is <laughs> the right word. You his, see, obviously. His patronage, the, his generous patronage of the arts. Is he a sponsor? He's taken over from Live Nation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I, I don't think it was Gene Simmons who made that call, but I, the reason I. I is it Aussie? The reason it would have come. To, no, I mean, on, on, oh, on I Monday did. night. But the reason I would have thought it was him is that Gene Simmons once did that thing. Um, and Gareth Bale tried something similar once, the footballer. Uh. He tried to patent the horns, uh, right. which, of course, <laughs> it's another capitalist stone, which Gene <laughs> saw. Um, but um, people didn't like him doing that. No. no um, Gareth Bale used to celebrate by making the shape of a heart with his fingers and thumbs. You know that thing that people do? Yeah. And oh, he, yes. tried, he tried to... Uh, to copyright that. Really? He would have been sued immediately by all the 14-year-olds on MySpace. <laughs> yeah, would he? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a very common sort of teen thing to do. It was yeah, unless it was Whitby weekend, they'd all be up there. Yeah, the goths. You see, it used to be the lighter in the air. You'll be too young to remember this, Pierre, the lighter in the air days, but now it's the mobile phone. It's the, yeah, we did a bit of mobile did phone. You? Yeah, because the, the, cat, the cat gets his own song when he sits at <gasps> the tiny cat. silver piano. <laughs> A tiny sing. silver water bowl. <laughs> uh, yeah, a tiny, a tiny piano comes out of the out of the stage. Right. Does he wear a cat suit then? Does he have a tail and things? Uh, he doesn't have a tail, no. But he has. He's not uh, much of a cat. So he has me. whiskers. Well, you know, he's obviously there's a human element. He's a manx to him. Yeah, he could be a manx yeah. cat. Anyway, he, he does a song called Beth. Oh, and it's just oh, yeah. a soft. You know when they do a soft song at rock bands. I, do you know, I hear you calling. That is my favourite thing when the when the rockers do a ballad. Yeah, it makes me a bit emotional. Uh, even I'll say, you know, <laughs> I'm going through changes. <laughs> so then he did it with his daughter. A song about the menopause doesn't happen often. Oh, there aren't, aren't enough <laughs> songs about the menopause. I've I've always thought that. In uh, terms uh, of gig rituals, can I ask Heaven's more? on Fire is a kiss. That would work. That, would work. that was a yeah. kiss song. Can Sorry. I, can I ask more about the Wally thing? Yes, people started shouting Wally. I don't, there was another one. People would shout Albatross, but that was a reference to a... Um, oh, Agent Mariner. No, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Coleridge was massive when I first started going to gigs. Kubla Khan. Yeah. Um, no, it was, a, it was a Monty Python sketch with a man sold albatross from a, uh, a one of those trays yes. that people sell ice cream Someone from. Someone shouting at albatross. Do you have a rhyme of the ancient mariner is an Iron Maiden song? You could heckle them with albatross. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, of course, the, my favourite is apparently people, that, and I've been to a lot of Bob Dylan gigs, but in America apparently... Um, People used to take harmonicas and play them. <laughs> <laughs> now, that to me... That's heckling. I mean, that's, that's intrusive. I, I like a gig ritual, but that is just intrusive. Yeah. That's I'll tell you Joan Baez. Joan Baez used to go to... You know, she's a famous American folk singer with a very loud voice. Mm. She would go Did she date someone like Leonard Cohen? No, I've got that wrong. Well, she dated Bob Dylan oh, for Bob a long Dylan, time. No, no. But she used to go to gigs and someone would start singing and she'd uh, hit them with a harmony from, oh. the, from the stalls. <laughs> oh, God. I mean... Oh. Imagine if you got a comic doing it. That's the sort of thing I'd do. Shout out punch, alternative punchlines. <laughs> Toppers. Yeah. You, you get a, a sort of multiple choice gig. Yeah. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Frank, did you bring any food to Kiss? Or did, did you have beverages or? I, um, I, had, I had a sandwich in the car for my child for the journey. And uh, oh, very sort of. Kiss. It was exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> bottle of pop, <laughs> crisps. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just seeing a picture of the cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cat. Let's not mock the cat. No, he'll, no, he'll sulk upstairs. Listen, I love the cat. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, 
But he does have the hair in this picture. Does have something of the sort of Dorian from Birds of a Feather about it? Well, they've all got a bit of that because you know they've been. Around. I mean, he's he's not. He wasn't an original member, but he's still he's not a young buck. He's got a waistcoat with no top under, and I and I'm a fan of that. What um, a good name for an Oasis tribute band be Oasis Oh, and they all wear waistcoats. Yeah. <laughs> they all wear like, p- fur trim waistcoats with fur hoods. Yeah. Is there a Kiss tribute band? And if so, what would they call it? Well, there's Kiss uh, Kids. Oh. Which is, um, as you can imagine, 12-year-olds who dress up in yes. that Kiss makeup. And there's, there's girls in that band as well. Okay. Smooch would be a good name for a Kiss cover band. Mm-hmm. Peck. Any of the other? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I get yeah. it. Snog. You get, here we go. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm there. I've, I've joined you. We've got a festival lineup here. Yeah. We're like Just... kissing cousins. There was. Um, <laughs> you like... I don't think you gave that enough respect. Oh sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was I was distracted. Can you give it me again for everyone, for all of us who okay. missed it this morning? I don't know if it's going to stand up to this kind of scrutiny. <laughs> Come on, frankly, <laughs> kissing cousins. I liked it. Thank you, Frank. You were, I knew you'd rehearse that but I, anyway. I liked it. There's a great deal of when I first saw Kiss in '76, I lost um, the front bit of my hair because um, these flames shot from the stage. And they were very, very near the front of the stage. <laughs> oh and this was in the days when um, health and safety was in its infancy, shall we say. Yeah. And I, could f- I really felt the, the thing of it. And then I've, I, I've touched my hair and it was brittle and breaking away at the front. Yeah, oh it was... Oh, uh, fine. I know. No, was... And there was a lot of fire on Monday night. I nearly, I nearly buried my cheese. But that's another story. I beg your pardon. <laughs> yeah, Samuel Pepys buried his cheese here in the Great Fire of London because yeah. he wanted to protect it. When he saw it was a big enough fire, yeah. Oh, you're like this, but you, <laughs> you know my nephew is obsessed with the Great Fire of London. And my son was saying, um, wouldn't it be good if, if me and you and Elliot, that Elliot's um, his cousin, if me and you uh, and Elliot did a, a, Ram- a Ramones tribute just for the family, did a Ramones tribute gig. And I said, uh, yeah, we don't look much like the Ramones. And he said, well, Elliot can wear his Samuel Pepys wig. (laughs) Has anyone ever said that? It, at the meeting for a remote <laughs> tribute gig. <laughs> Has anyone ever said that before? Now, do any of you have any um, Samuel Pepys wigs that maybe you could wear? Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, this is the big... Speaking of health and safety, this, is, yeah. this was the amazing thing. Now, the lead singer, Paul Stanley, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, there's a bit where he. So much of a rock star's name. I like. Well, this is a, that's a weird thing because he does a gig ritual. Oh, Stanley. And he says, "Right, I'm coming. I'm coming now. I'm coming to meet you all." He said, "But you're gonna have to shout my name." So there's like ten thousand people going, Paul. <laughs> Paul, it's just not, it's just not right. It like, just a, didn't... like a wife at a garden centre. <laughs> yeah. Paul. But there's something about the name Paul, the co- there's just the consonants and everything, it's just not right. It's ah. quite, for, a, for a big group It's quite show. manager. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> yeah. I'll be with you in a moment, um, Martin. Yeah. Paul. So you have to shout. It's like when Steve Brookstein on the X Factor, and the winner is Steve. Yeah, we used to. That guy used to do that on the X Factor to go, and now Andrew. <laughs> and you think, no, that doesn't need that kind of voice. But Paul, yeah, Paul. <laughs> anyway, what what happens next is the bit I want to discuss with you after this. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. You've been talking about, well, you were actually oh, yes, telling Paul. us about kids. Yes. And yeah. we'd got to the point where everyone was shouting Paul Paul Stanley's name. Everyone was shouting Paul. Paul! <laughs> so what Paul does, what he's getting, encouraging them to, uh, to invite him forward. By the way, Paul, I have to say, made a real point of saying Birmingham every time he said it. Ah. He didn't say Birmingham or none of that stuff. He's obviously done his research. Anyway... This is where I think the health and safety thing... It's like 
They did something in 1976 which nobody minded with the fire. Mm. And uh, just because they're doing it in 76, no one has questioned them about it. I know it's an example. <laughs> there are lots of men in the, the media who put forward a similar argument. But th in this case, what happens is that there's a stage right at the back of the auditorium, a small stage, where Paul is going to do a couple of numbers from on his own. So a thing comes down that's just got a metal ring on the bottom, a, 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 a cable thing, and Paul puts one um, mighty platform boot on the ring, holds on to the thing, and then just goes the full length of the arena. No clips, harnesses. Just a bloke with his foot in the oh, ring holding oh, on to Oh, it. dear. It's kind of over the crowd a as well. A bloke in his 70s. Yeah, 71, mm. guitar on his back. <laughs> Massive <laughs> platforms. <laughs> I'll put a I'll put a picture up on uh, social media of Paul in uh, as he went past us. <laughs> <laughs> I caught it like when you get a bird in flight. Yeah. So so no harness to speak of. Nothing. I mean, literally. Oh my god. And uh, I think this is why. Um, Piracy became a more corporate thing. Is that kind of thing got outlawed? <laughs> generally, yeah. Health and safety and stuff. So pirates went a bit, you know. They've got to sell the t-shirts for those prices to cover the insurance. <laughs> I was going to say, do they have insurance? What does insurance company say? What no, he puts his, he just puts his foot in the ring and yeah, that's fine. And then goes over the crowd. <laughs> do you think that they say how? Is the platform shoe <laughs> so long that it forms a kind of a brilliant hook? Maybe they, the insurance company hear the word platform and think he's on a platform. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's <laughs> also a bit where Gene, who's 73, the bass player, he's where he stands goes about 30 feet into the air <laughs> above the stage. There's no rail... <laughs> Nothing. Gene's just up there with even bigger platforms on playing his bass. <laughs> that 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 name and age together sounds so old ladyish. Like uh, oh. I, I couldn't believe the compensation I got for being injured at work. Gene, seventy three. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I'll say this for Gene, and obviously I do love Kiss, and they were they were amazing. Uh, but Gene has. There was something that Gene did, which I, you don't often see in public from celebrities. Yeah. Um, and that was um, draw. <laughs> Physically draw. Are you sure that wasn't the cat? No. <laughs> Physically draw till it was dripping off his chin. Oh. oh. There's a bit where he put a mic in his mouth and the, it was pouring off him that like bile did you, quit, did you see a sort of uh, stage hand kind of thwipping Werther's originals in there throughout the show no the stage hands were all on with squeegees <laughs> going around him <laughs> lest it should become dangerous window cleaners <laughs> Frank I have a question for you um, that is a kiss seemed to be one of the rare examples where the other members of the band, in the case of Gene, they sort of slightly outshine the lead singer. Well, well, I've Gene, heard of Gene, but not Paul Stanley. No, well, Gene is the, he's the one everyone knows because um, he eats... Um, it's the best sp he, he spits, he eats fire. Well, not, not eats, he blows out yeah. fire and on he does, stage. He does the tongue thing, doesn't he? That's he's got, yeah, he's got a very long tongue. There was a rumour about Gene that he had had a cow's tongue grafted onto his own tongue. But I don't think a cow's tongue. My neighbour used to be. Mine... Do you go to a vet or do you go to a surgeon? You decide. Yeah. It'd be a great if that became a thing, though, for celebrities. Yeah. I was had a tongue job, you yeah. know. To... Yeah, so I don't know if they do animal grafts. Front row, Eric Harland, drooling as well. <laughs> if I could just get up there and eat it. Erland. Harland. Erland. Yeah, um... Yeah, so that was the rumour that he'd had cow extensions. <laughs> cow extensions? But, um, Tongues and eyelashes, I, I don't, guess. I don't think it's true. Could one, could one have an animal extension? Is that allowed? Could I, legally, could I legally have a pig's tail put on me? Okay. Hello? <laughs> don't look at me like that. I was expecting an answer. Just staring blankly with your mouths open.
Yes. Oh, sorry, darling. No, no, I was only breathing in. You've been talking about, uh, well, we've been talking about gigs, specifically the Kiss gig, um, and you've been showing us pictures. Mm-hmm. I really like their look. I've put a picture of uh, Paul in his uh, completely unsafe travelling. <laughs> I hope I don't. I hope I don't uh, well, they've only got this is their last tour, apparently, so it's all right. End of the road. I would hate to be the man responsible for Paul having to wear a harness. Oh, imagine. Oh, that. Oh man, I'd hate myself. Getting, and, a, getting a shout out from the man himself as runners slowly clip him into this oh, high-vis no. netting. I don't, I don't want to contain him at this stage. Well, that's become, it's become a slight badge of honour. It's a bit show-offy at these gigs, isn't it? The Tinkerbell harness. Mm. Yeah, they but, all do it now. But I don't... The way that he gets on the flying thing is I don't think it even occurs to him that there's anything... Yeah. Does, does it's he, like the old window cleaners. It's extraordinary. It's honestly like getting... You know those bosses that used to have no doors on? He just mm. grabbed the hand. He, yeah. he just gets on like that. Just like an escalator. Just yeah, ball. yeah. Frank, Joe No, Wells. I'm more reticent getting on an escalator than he is getting on to that. <laughs> Do you ever get that thing on an escalator? Does everyone get that? What would happen if... Well, do you get the fear every time you step on one? I do. I, I'm, I'm always careful. I don't want to end up um, on, on a crack and suddenly um, I'm half on a step and a step. The step uh, that was yeah. supporting my heel is gone. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Stato, who did um, a, a, a popular, once popular program. Uh, oh, it's still popular. It's, still so popular. it's back now. You're right. Um, well. Yes, fantasy football, which Back is... Back now, which, not with you. No, no, but still You've, good. Yeah. Um, and uh, Stato, who used to work with us on there, who was a football statistician, he's the only guy I know who actually got the sole ripped off his shoe in a... Uh, oh, no. But Stato was a man who things happened to. Was he a bit of a universe victim? Well, there are some people who things do happen to more yes. than other people, and he mm. was one of those. Um, he was very absent-minded, so I, he wouldn't. He's not a man who'd be thinking, "I need to step off now." But okay. I didn't know it could really happen. But it actually ripped the sole right off his shoe. <laughs> and I remember he came in and he. We were talking for about forty minutes before he mentioned it. That's the other <laughs> amaze. That's for that me. Wasn't the headline. For me, I'm polishing up that anecdote yeah. on my way to the door. You know what I mean? I've got four or five fairly sure fire punchlines and some stuff you're, I might try, I might not. You're, you're polishing it up as you limp soulless on one foot. Yeah, he came in and started talking about some game in the Dutch second division the <laughs> night before. And then someone might have even brought up that there was no bottom on his shoe. I mean, that should have been front page, then see mm. pages two, three, four, yeah, five, exactly. six and seven. Frank, Joe Wells has... Can got- I say this, buddy, just to sum up on the kiss thing? Um, that uh, I would very... They are on tour at the mm. moment in the UK and Europe. I'd really recommend seeing them because they might not come again. And there's nothing else quite like seeing Kiss. Not with that harness activity, they <laughs> no. might not come again. At the end, they put up a big thing that says, Kiss loves you, Birmingham. No punctuation whatsoever. And I thought, it's that freedom, it's that free approach to life that I met Kiss. <laughs> Kiss loves you, Birmingham. We're less interested in punctuation. That's <laughs> what they should have had underneath in brackets. Frank, mm-hmm. we've been talking this morning about rituals at gigs and specifically your KISS gig. Well, yeah, we started off talking about the Newport helicopter, which is a thing that Skindred get their fans to do, which is take their shirts off and whirl them above their heads, mm. a la helicopter blade. Well, there's a very specific uh, arm action for the Take That Song, Never Forget. Oh. Obviously, I'm au fait with it. And I was interested to watch at the Coronation concert which members of the Royal Box would be doing that. Uh, Did some of them know it? Sophie did. Oh, Oh, yes, Sophie Sophie did. Sophie proved to be quite a mover. She really was. If if you were uh, King Charles um, and you were into Skinnerd, 
Mm. It would take a lot of unbuttoning to get ready for the uh, the helicopter. Skindred. Skindred, sorry. Not yeah, I don't want to suggest that King Charles is into Leonard Skinner. Skinner. Some, Sweet home Alabama. Yeah, some worry about the, yeah. the, uh, the flag, but the, the flag the, usage. The, the, amount of, <laughs> the amount of buttons and medals to get sort of sorted I, I before know. you can twirl your tunic. <laughs> I know. What did you say? That just just take a footman by the ankle. <laughs> <laughs> That's my advice. The, the royal shirt. That's the name of that position in the is it really pick up a man called the royal shirt and whirl him around (laughs) yeah I'm still loving how much heavy lifting the phrase flag usage was doing comments about Leonard Skinner we know what you mean it was brilliant it's what I call a a breakfast radio (laughs) pricey (laughs) anyway Joe Wells does it it should get less emotional please uh, Joe Wells has sent in his favourite gig ritual. Okay. I make sure I'm stood by the sound desk. Hmm. I also make sure that I tell whoever I'm with that this is the best place to stand, as that is where the sound engineer is hearing the music. I've heard that theory before, but... Is that like the bloke on the bus, Frank, who tries to be the best friend of the driver? <laughs> well, <laughs> do you remember when I went to that Ed Sheeran gig? And, I was there. Uh, and, oh, yeah, you were there. And mm. the sound went. Mm. And I looked across at the sound guy and gave him a real... Oh, one of those. <laughs> no. I thought it wasn't... It was only Ed Sheeran and a guitar and a, and a yeah. loop machine. That was it. Oh. And the sound went, I mean, come on. Yeah, that's not a... Yeah, but I've heard that theory that if the sound man needs to hear... But the sound man's got, like, headphones and stuff. I don't think it quite works as a theory. Surely, yeah, surely he's more focused on the headphones. And also, I don't want to be... I'm in that box. Either I'm watching Kiss or I'm watching an episode of Thunderbirds. I don't want to be sitting looking at buttons and switches and stuff and they're in the background. And when you sit in that box, and Mm. I have, Mm. at the Killers, I sat in that box. Oh, yes, I remember. And I had to wear ear defenders anyway. Yeah, and I I don't want to hear... It might ruin some surprises because I don't want to hear a guy in a... Sort of t-shirt on a swivel chair, saying, "Okay, cue pyro." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is a bit and like that. Go to. Like, I want it to happen naturally. No, as I, a I agree with audience that. Audience member. I agree with that. Um, yes. Otherwise, you can bury your cheese uh, before the fires actually happen. <laughs> That's what the cat's doing. <laughs> he's burying all sorts back there. Yeah. We don't know what he's getting up to. Yeah, just a, a small spangly <laughs> shovel. Is he ever- Flea collar, a glittery flea collar. Imagine how many cat jokes he gets. Oh, he must get sick of it, Frank. Well, he loves it. <laughs> He's like the cat that goes. Oh, God. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Frank, do you remember last week we were talking about Columbo? Do I never ask me if I remember anything? <laughs> do you remember we were talking about Columbo? Yes. I don't know how, how, it, how it came about, but we had a long conversation. Well, my, my theory is that he stinks, Colombo. <laughs> it's because I wondered whether he had any other clothes. I thought he had a slight Paddington approach. I think you said it. to me, does he wear the same coat? And I said, no, he wears the same everything every yeah. show. And he's also, he's in California in intense heat. <laughs> and he wears suede shoes. And most people, when they go indoors, they take the raincoat off and he keeps it on. Yeah. Yeah. So we... We thought perhaps he might have issues. Yeah. Yes. Um, and Kevin Barnes has got in touch to say Colombo was asked about his private life in an interview. When asked about his mansion in Beverly Hills, his response was simple. I've got a nine-bedroom mansion overlooking the ocean. Nine beds, no baths. Don't need them. Never use them. That's what I mean, um, Peter Falk said rather than Colombo. Yes. I yeah. say those police wages. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's mainly uh, bribery, of course. I presume he's referring to Peter Falk. Yes. He must be. Yes. But, but I mean, nine, but nine bathrooms, presumably he was saying that was an excessive amount, and I'd be inclined to agree. Well, because of my love of Colombo, a producer I worked with once uh, got in touch with his agent asking if Peter Falk would um, sign a photo for me as a gift. And um, she said, um, I'll ask him, she said, but, you know, he can be... He can be difficult. And I thought, that's what you want your agent to say. <laughs> and anyway, I got the photo and it was signed in block capitals. 
Oh. And I thought, is that Peter Fault's signature or is this woman just thought, I'm not asking him? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not having him having a go at me for asking. It's a bit soft, that. Yeah, yeah so um, if Has anyone knows, if anyone out there um, yeah. listening knows, don't text us because um, we're not live today, but I'd love to know by an email whether it Peter Falk signs in block capitals. Perhaps it's the eye. Yeah, it could be the eye. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that um, a, a glass eye restricts uh, joined up writing. Yeah. I didn't. Oh I didn't. My it's God. Yeah. I want to discuss something with you, boys. Well, that's just as well. Mm. I'll tell you what it is. Go on. You don't have a choice whether you want to discuss this or not because I'm a little obsessed. The professional seagull scarer. Uh, have yes. you heard about this? Mm. Yes, in uh, up in Whitby. Oh, well done. His name is Corey Greveson. He's been hired by a chip shop owner, as you say, Alex of Mr. Chips. Yes, no. Mr. Chips frequented by James May, the kindly one. Really? Oh, um, oh I like the idea, though, of gravy from the pie <laughs> dripping onto his floral shirt. Oh. It's Paul Smith's special, QI special. Oh, terrible. <laughs> he loves a QI shirt. He goes to the yeah. QI shop. Who else goes there, Frank? At the QI shop. The QI shirt shop. <laughs> Andy Hamilton? Yes. Oh, that's a lovely choice. Mm. Yeah. Frank, Frank, have you ever been there? Maybe once or twice. I think I have, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Can I ask you, do you think um, in that uh, Alex, who owns Mr Chips, do you think he named it after the novel, play and film Goodbye Mr Chips? Absolutely not. Featuring Robert Dowd. Or did he name it after (laughs) Mr Chips, the perennial... Figure in catchphrase. Yes, yes. The sort it's of hideous, good, but it's not right. The sort of hideous. Uh... Which one? Yeah, so he looks like a Weetabix. Well, I'm Mr. afraid Chips. I associate yeah. him with a viral clip of a rather disturbing content. Oh yes, yes. I remember. We're all familiar with that. Yeah, but we you know, we've all had those career moments <laughs> we regret, and that is uh, Mr. Chips. So. Why is he called? Mr. Chips. It's never been explained. <laughs> I think he spent a lot of his youth in Monte Carlo on the roulette wheels. <laughs> but, guys, the way he's presented to us is if we we accept this. We never agreed to the no, Mr. We never, Chips thing. We never asked. And why so formal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's his first name? <laughs> what do you think, Eric? Eric Chips. <laughs> oh, man. tell you, you boys are eating a lot of pastries this morning. You know what it's like? It's like being with two cops on a steak out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if only we'd got polystyrene cops. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. And marriage problems. Yeah, exactly. And That'd be perfect. You always want that one sort of American-style Chinese takeaway box. Oh, oh yeah. Is that the lawyers always as well? When they crack yeah, the case, yeah, they're yeah. always dipping into the box. See, yes. Colombo, Colombo, when he when he dines... <laughs> oh, he's got the shorty odour just, just because he doesn't smell bad, quite bad enough for his own taste, he always has chilli, <laughs> <laughs> Colombo. And he does that thing that I, I've never seen English people do. He gets those crackers and then crumbles them. Yeah, onto the top. Over the chilli. Texas style. I think his stench is an interrogation technique and I think he works on it quite carefully. (laughs) Now, we're talking about the eagle, the seagull scarer. We got onto the subject. The the place he's scaring the seagulls outside of is called Mr Chips. Mm. The idea is, just to to briefly, that, that that Mr Chips is boss, Alex... Has a lot of trouble. A lot of his customers, they walk out of the shop with chips and mm. they are bombarded mm. by uh, seagulls. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, in a strange transaction, <laughs> he met a local youth yes. and said, Oh, would you like to dress up in an inflatable <laughs> eagle outfit mm. and frighten off the. Um, yeah. Yeah. The seagulls. Up until the bit where he explained it was to frighten seagulls, it was quite a scandalous story. Well, exactly. <laughs> what I, Googled, I, like. I Googled that costume, Frank. Oh, yeah. I was intrigued. This is the kind of thing I is, do. Is it commercially available? Is it yes, something that it is... was on Amazon. It was 49 99 and it was listed as Funny Bird Dress Up. 
Oh, okay. Mm. No, no eagle reference. Someone footballer slid into my DM. Funny. (laughs) (laughs) I was was going to say Tarzan seeing a hen do. What I would say is he spent 50 quid on the costume, Alex and Mr Chips. Mm. It's not. I mean, what I didn't like about the costume is one thing that put me off. There was sort of a ventilating hole in the in the breast. It's yeah. for the inflation. I know, but hide it. Yeah. Put it in the rear or something. No, but it's for the. I think you'll find that that <laughs> is the wind beneath his wing. <laughs> <laughs> um, is he a bald or a golden? I don't think he was. Actually, there's no feathers on the top. He could be a bald. Well, there's no feathers. It's infla- If you're trying to put feathers in an inflatable eagle outfit, yes, you've got no, a problem. Yes, just, a, just a, head, a heads up to any twitchers looking to go and go to Whitby yeah. and add this guy exactly. to their book. Mm. Well, he um, here's the thing. He uh, Alex said, I tried putting... Uh, uh, fake eagles on sticks. <laughs> he says fake eagles, but I think we all know it was roadkill. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> he said, I tried putting fake... This is an actual quote, so I, I was impressed by this. I tried putting fake eagles on sticks. Uh, they got wise to it, mm. is oh, what he eagle. said. <laughs> and the then seagulls. he said of the seagulls, they knew it wasn't a real bird. They're really clever. Okay. So then you hired a man in a flight <laughs> of all costume. eagles too, and that fooled them completely. Yeah, it's it's the inverse. Scale? Do they have no sense of scale? Do they believe it? They... Well, they must. They must think. God, what? You, if he's the bird that's got access to the chips, no wonder he's so. Do massive. you know how I would I would say they're very gullible, Frank? Uh, oh, oh that's that's absolutely <laughs> excellent. I, I don't think we, we're not going to follow that in a. <laughs> In a rush. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. We're not live today. I know, it's embarrassing. Uh, So don't text. Um, Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the radio. Email via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Choices, choices, choices. No, regarding gig rituals. Oh, yes. Um, E.g. displaying the rock horns. Joe Wells said, stand by the sound desk. And we've got a message in from, from Paul. Not not that Paul. No. <laughs> not Paul. Paul. Oh, my God, Paul. <laughs> Paul says, um, wearing a, a Frank Turner T-shirt at any gig. Guaranteed to get a comment and meet the best people. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Mm. I um, sometimes dine at the Wagamama in Cheltenham Town mm. Centre, and a man who serves there um, has got Frank Turner, often wears the t shirt, but it's also got Frank Turner tattoos. I'm not familiar with Frank Turner's work, I've got to be I'm really sorry, but I'd excuse my ignorance. Um, He's a musician, but I, it's just one who I've not investigated. Frank but, Turner tattoos? Yeah. Oh. And he, uh, this guy's a very interesting, very nice guy. So that, it might be that that's a good way of um, of spotting uh, nice people. Is a of, yeah, a bit of filtering. A, a, some sort of Frank Turner um, yeah. signage. Equally, <laughs> would you say there's a band that would almost be a bit of a telltale giveaway that perhaps you wouldn't get on with that person? Oh, and yeah. could you give that some thought, please? Matt Lance? <laughs> Really? Well, I know someone who managed the Matt Lads, and he said it was the night where the drummer was hidden by a paper towel machine from the toilet that was thrown the full length of the gig. God, that's, that's a mistrunchable sort of throw. Yeah, wow. he said uh, that was the night I decided enough was enough. Oh, yeah. A friend of mine went travelling all around the world. He did a sort of gap year thing, but later in life. And in order to better meet other English speakers, but specifically sort of British English speakers, he got a Greg's Bakery baseball cap. Oh. And wearing that to these busy raves and concerts would guarantee immediate interaction from any homesick Brits. Also a nice cap if you've got very bad dandruff. 
Because it's a suggestion of crumbs. <laughs> Although, I would put dandruff is getting a bit whatever happened to who. You yeah. don't see the dandruff like you used well, to. I miss it. dandruff. Mm. The philosophy professors, it was mm. everywhere. Yeah. There's a lice outbreak at my son's school, if, that's, if Re- that helped. Retro. <laughs> that will suffice. <laughs> yeah. um, Frank, can we return to the seagull scarer, Alex of Mr Chips, yes. mm. and the gulls themselves, indeed? Uh, he's getting £15 an hour, this chap who's scaring seagulls. Well, you, say, you say he's getting £15 an hour, but i that's what the boss says, if I may, Monsieur <laughs> Freet. <laughs> um, but... Um, the boss says he gets fifteen pound an hour, but um, the Alex is it Alex the, the the eagle. No, Alex uh, is oh, the sorry, owner. Oh, sorry, Alex. Mr. Is Chips. It, His is name is Corey Greenstone. Oh, I thought it was Eddie, but it isn't. <laughs> he says that he gets um, four hundred pounds a day. Two hundred. Two hundred pounds a day. Four, yeah. But you're nearly four thousand a month. Okay, so two hundred pounds a day. Oh. Isn't that about thirteen? Hours? If he gets fifteen quid an hour, is he working thirteen hour days? <laughs> no, but he's raking in the tips. I think that's how was your maths. No, he said plus tips. Did he? Yeah, plus tips. I, oh, so they can't be every month of the year. But what's fifteen into? How much a day does he get? Two hundred a day. He gets two hundred a day. Fifteen, isn't that? Thirteen. What is this countdown? That would be ten. That's yeah. That would be more than. He can't be working thirteen hour days. Not in that costume. Trapped in it. Thirteen thirteen hours and uh, and a sort of twenty minutes. Also, he's legal more often than he's a human. No, I think I think think, uh, Monsieur Free would let him off with the twenty minutes if he's done a thirteen hour day. Sprinting. I mean, imagine the wing flapping. The flapping. It doesn't look well ventilated. It smells like Columbo by the end of the day. (laughs) Well, he could put cold air through it. Every time he walks out, the eagle has landed. (laughs) Smell him a mile off, Frank. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, in one bit of the article it says what dressing up like an eagle might seem like a laugh and I enjoy the conditional term there yeah I, it didn't seem like a laugh to me yeah. I mean to be fair to him there's, there's footage of him in action and he does he does um, a sort of a, all that <laughs> stuff I don't know if it's actually an eagle sound <laughs> But how many how many eagles do the gulls come into contact with other than him? <laughs> Eight, twelve, fifteen. No, don't we're not we're not live. Frank, we're still discussing the eagle, but I'd just like to have a brief pause in the proceedings to share this with you from Philip Bellamy who says, I've just been told that I've won a small, obscure poetry competition and I wanted to thank Frank personally as it was listening to his poetry podcast that inspired me to try and write the poem in the first place. Fantastic. Yeah. Show the winnings, mate. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, dry your eyes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to him, Frank? Oh, I think he's still around. What, streets? Was yeah. he the streets or Mike streets? Skinner. I saw an interview Was he Mike him. Streets? Mike Skinner, uh, he was called. What was Streets, then? That was... That was his sort. You know, people have about four names now. They? they have their real name. No, I have one. Yeah, no, but they have like a sort of a name like Blemish. Was he Mike? You know, Blemish, the uh, rapper. <laughs> yeah, Blemish. <laughs> I don't know if there is one called Blemish. There's got to be by now. But that's what it would be. They've all got names <laughs> but he like that. Mike, open brackets, the streets. But it's like the name of the group, right? Like a band name. Okay, don't get I so defensive. So. Yeah, Paul Stanley, not Kiss. <laughs> No, anyway. <laughs> anyway, come I on. I read then. an interview and he said he's often called Frank Skinner and it yeah. gets on his nerves. Oh. But I'm often called Streets. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really Frank not. Frank Skinner in the streets. Right, what we are... Uh, oh, by talking- the way, can I, when I was talking to the man who used to work for BA... Yes. I was talking about flying to Australia once... this man. ...with a mate. And my, I was in... Um, I was in Opera... Oh and he was God. in uh, economy, and I went back to see him. And poor David, did you, did you hold back. a perfumed cloth over your face? <laughs> I wish I had. <laughs> I wish I had, because at the back of the plane, 
It was honestly like there was uh, dry ice at the back of the plane. And yeah. It was where the smokers sat. Oh, I was gosh. back in the day. And we were just having that conversation that, yes, people... It wasn't so much that people smoke. But people on a plane would get out a cigarette lighter or yeah. a box and light a naked flame. It feels... lo- I mean, why didn't lo- did none of us at any point think, is, is this a good idea? Is it feels as insane as discovering that there's a fireplace at the back of the plane yeah, where you could just does. put a log on and you put your feet You could light up. a match or yeah. a lighter on an aeroplane <laughs> and there's an ashtray in the back of the seat. Right, <laughs> not just one. Hundreds of them. It's not that. Was it 25 years ago? Or well, I can remember. Can you imagine what this was like? I was on an Alitalia flight. Yes. Oh, wow. Well this, well, this was Air Malaysia, so the worst smokers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, when we got, I remember, to Kuala Lumpur, I, I was a smoker then, and I said to this guy, can you smoke in the first-class lounge? He said... I think you have to. <laughs> <laughs> when they open the door, when you land, it must be like stars in their eyes oh. coming out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dear. So, um... OK, so shall we return to uh, Corey Greaveson, Corey Eagle Greaveson and uh, Alex, Mr Chips? I <laughs> yeah. don't know his surname. Well, Monsieur Freight? <laughs> We'll come back to it after after this baby, I think. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So, um, Corey, the seagull scarer. Yes. He says um, he has a quite well. Alex said, Mister Chips, Monsieur Freet said he has quite a bit of banter with customers. Mm. And when they co- when they say customers, people in the street, yeah, when they come and speak to him, he makes bird noises at them, and he says, "I don't speak English, I speak Eglish." Yeah, I quite like that. No, he's, he's uh, giving it an e- he's making an effort. He's 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 rocking. I like the idea that he has some banter with them. <laughs> yeah. The idea that he might have been a very sort of serious character <laughs> hadn't occurred to me. Yeah, people would he would hold up a wing and say, "Not while I'm on duty." <laughs> yeah, I tell you something though. I he's very upfront about his earnings. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's well. When I first started in work, when you're going to get in touch with those oh, yeah, tips. They, yeah, they might. They might oh, yeah. do. I mean, you would have thought, wouldn't Co- you? Coastal revenue. You would have. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, they got their own, <laughs> and then there's the offshores. Yeah, yeah. steadily, it's like it's like the seven circles of hell <laughs> in Dante. <laughs> yeah. No, but um, when I worked, when I first got a job, um, my first job was 1974, even before I saw Kiss for yeah. the first time, <gasps> and I was 17. What were you doing? I was working in a, a drop forgings factory in Langley Green in the West Midlands. What and does that do? Uh, they take very hot pieces of metal and pound them into shape. Mm. I, I also used to see documentaries about I think that's quite fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> maybe for the first <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> anyway, we, they used to physically bring your wages round on a, on a Thursday. This was a revolution because it was Friday was always a payday. But a, a woman would come round with a wooden tray and it would have actually have your wage pack in. There'd be, there'd be coins in it as well as mm. notes. And you'd get your wage slip. So the first time I ever got one, I took the wage slip out and just threw it in the bin. And this bloke went, hey, hey! And come over to me and picked it out the bin and put it in my hand. He said, put that away. You don't want people knowing what you're earning. Yeah. Oh, I was on £6.50 a week. <laughs> I, didn't, I just didn't think that was going to foster resentment yeah. from anyone. En- en- envy is the thief of joy, he said. <laughs> yeah. But it was a really big thing yeah, that yeah. you did not let other people know what you were earning. But it's Corey, still, yeah. he's come out with it in the national press. To be fair, there isn't another eagle to come and do that to him. No, well, not that we know, not yet. Not yet, yeah. But when they hear what the money's like. No, there is, because I think Blackpool Zoo were going to employ one. Oh. A real one? No, 
a real one. One of these ones in the suit. Everyone's doing it now. Channel 4, I don't know if they still do this, but Channel 4 used to have a man come in with a sparrow hawk Mm. once a month to clear out the pigeons. Yeah. It's not the sort of thing you associate with Channel 4, is it? It's more GB news. (laughs) (laughs) But they... uh, I imagine that they... They do that to the homeless. Yeah. I imagine... falconer attack them. I imagine that they feast on raw carcasses as a bonding exercise as the presenters of GP <laughs> But yeah, Channel 4 would uh, oh, actually go in. And that was a real, not an inflatable Sparrowhawk, but the, uh, the real McCoy. <laughs> Now, we spoke in the last show about people making things at work and if people still made things at work. Yes, we were talking about... Um, I knew people that used to make razor-sharp kung fu stars on their lathe at yeah. work and then sell them in the pub. Yeah. <laughs> Health and safety really wasn't as infancy. No, I had one, but a, a dog ran off with it. Oh. It was in his back. <laughs> no, I made that up. <laughs> I made that up. <laughs> Go on. Uh, as my mind immediately switched from the charming image of a dog dressed as a ninja to a harrowing. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, so we, it was in vain. Of course, that would be terrible. We've got a message in from Chaz, alias Charlotte Daly, oh, okay. from Reading, who says, Hi, Frank and team, way back in the 1970s. Mm. When I was about 10, my dad made me a type of early skateboard. And I like that phrasing. Yeah. archaeological. Yeah. Mm. So an early skateboard. Uh, this consisted of a couple of sawn-off planks of wood, all rough edges and splinters. The wheels were four-bed casters, so the contraption was completely impossible to steer. <laughs> it went all over the place. Despite my youthful exuberance and trying it out in a kneeling position, after a few goes on our dodgy paving slab paths in the garden, I decided to retire it. Dad did his best, bless him. Keep up the great work, Chaz. Yeah. Yeah. But it's... Um, I, there's something lovely about that as well, though. Yeah. Unless you're paying his wages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it does sound a bit dangerous. Speaking of dangerous, I saw in that Eagle article we were talking about before, there was mm. one of those things you can click on, and it said, weird job, no qualifications needed, mm. and which is that was the theme of the eagle story yeah and it was they're looking for window cleaners to do the gherkin the enormous building oh you don't uh, want to get kissed up there without the harnesses (laughs) poor stanley just scurry up there like a monkey up a tree like a cat (laughs) yeah there's a platform thing to stand on oh no what i just need a hoop we don't need any of that we don't want to get bogged down where is the hoop <laughs> There's one condition. They have asked for a makeup room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and can everyone who works in the building shout, Paul! <laughs> when they see a smudge. <laughs> Paul! Just pointing at a mark left by a bird strike. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, you were saying about the uh, the eagles. Oh, no, you weren't. No, you were I wasn't. about I was that just, job. Yes. Yeah, weird job, no qualifications needed. It's just a sort of... I had something I quickly... Just a picture of some stand-ups. Just a picture of this. Exactly. I I wouldn't knock anyone for having a weird job with no qualifications needed. You were feeling seen when you saw that. Indeed. Can I just say something? I will. Um... I one thing that Corey Greveson, aka the Eagle, said, yes, was um, he said he thinks that the seagulls are trying to get revenge on him by pooping. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Um, on his car. Mm. But I think he, you might know this, Pierre. Sort of thing you'd know. As I understand it, the only birds to genuinely have a sense of to have the sort of vengeance, Gina, the cr- are crows. Mm. Is that they right? will remember you, Frank. They don't forget. They remember oh. faces. They yeah. remember you. Surely not get mixed up with elephants. <laughs> <laughs> if an elephant took revenge by doing that on your car, that would be. They can hold a grudge it. for fifteen years, a crow. Wow. Gosh. What? I... Does that sound like any of us? <laughs> Cat is a crow. <laughs> I find out after all these years. <laughs> of course, when I read that story about him pooping on his car, I, w- I immediately thought of. Tobit from the Old Testament who fell asleep 
<laughs> in the garden and didn't realise there were birds and they uh, pooped in his eye and he was blind for four years. Try the Bible. <laughs> it's great stuff. <laughs> Well, we've been hearing from our loyal, esteemed readers. Mm. Um, regarding uh, Michael Morperga. <laughs> oh, yes. Do you remember? Yeah. You're quite a fan. Frank's a fan of his. He yes. invented a song about him. Yes, well... Remember re- that, Frank? I, I, are you referring to... <laughs> Michael Morperga, Michael Morperga. <laughs> yes. Michael Morperga, Michael Morperga. Wearing a Panama hat. Yes. <laughs> On a good day. <laughs> always always the man from Del Monte. He loves it. Um, Claire gets in touch regarding that very aural meme. Yeah, okay. And says, Dear Frank Pierre, Divine Miss M, I recently had the opportunity to meet that other national treasure, Michael Morpurgo, only to be distracted by Frank's Michael Morpurgo song. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can see why that would uh, that would be in your head. Yeah, sort of creating a slightly glazed look in the eyes as you <laughs> as you think, don't sing it at him. I think he'd be all right to hear it, wouldn't he? Surely. He's he's got a nice reputation, doesn't he's he? He's a nice man. Have yeah. you met you've met Morpurgo? I interviewed Morp. In fact we danced um the Zorba whoa, the whoa, Greek. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I did not the, know about in the, that. In the pale moonlight. I danced, did, yeah. I danced with a man. <laughs> We danced. We danced the Zorba the Great. You know the Zorba the Great. Yes, I know the song. I just didn't know that you'd had some strange dance with Michael Morpurgo. Yeah, me and just the two of you. Eminem, as I like to call him. Can I ask a question? What shoes does Michael Morpurgo wear? Well, the first time I saw Michael Morpurgo, he was dressed completely in purple. Oh, I oh. see that. Which was unsettling, because I think he'd pick purple randomly, but it used to be the colour of uh, various... Um, well, David Icke, I think, was a purple yes, the, wearer. the purple made him immune to the alien rays or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, Morpurgo's branched out into various... He's a man who likes corduroy and that I kind of I see him in a deck shoe. Yeah, Quite maybe. a battered one on the Norfolk Broads. Yeah, when he's got that kind of writer, you know, I haven't oh. met... To, I'm, not, I'm not a dandy. I'm a man who sits in a room on his own writing. Yeah. He's got that thing. Yeah. But I have, I have a, a, a problem with this. As I, my, I've spoken to Emily about it before. Certainly, is when I'm in the company of people associated with any kind of music, <laughs> it keeps coming out of me. Like it's like, awful. Remember yeah. that night, Frank? You know who I'm thinking of. We're both thinking the same. I think you're in the Ivy having dinner. Do you remember it? I remember the Eric Clapton Le- yes. one. Do you, do you know this, Pierre? No. I, I was having uh, it was I was having lunch with Eric Clapton, and I went to the toilet, and I came back. When I came back, I hadn't thought I was going diddle 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 and he said, "Don't, don't do it. Don't do that." But I didn't know I was doing it. But it's clean up. It is just an enormous aide de memoir sitting at the table. It was very. It, he was all right with it, ish. Yeah. Oh, no. But obviously, if people start looking round and there's me singing that riff to him, it's a bit of a... And he's there stony-faced. Yeah, would he it, wasn't, yeah. Would it be worse for him to be stony-faced or sort of giggling and clapping, sort of delighted? Well, I think it's nice that people... Uh, it's nice that I know Well, you don't that. want him to start screaming, you've got me on my knees and getting all into character. No, no, I don't want him screaming that. <laughs> it wasn't that... <laughs> yeah, that's it wasn't more... that kind of a party. <laughs> no, it was in a restaurant, but it wasn't the one with the Boris Becker. <laughs> no, so um, oh, yes, I was. I was. It's like a woman came up to me at the Kiss gig and said, pointed at Bozzy's feet and says, "Where's his Kiss shoes?" Because I I talked about them on the show. Do you oh, remember? Right. And oh, I yeah. think that's great that that. That That's woman nice knows that he's got kiss shoes. <laughs> the, the problem was I was supposed to bring them when I picked him up from school and I forgot, so it was a bit of a sore point, but we got we got over it. Mm. 45 quid T-shirt. That's all it needs to calm an 11-year-old. <laughs> anyway, read Tobit and uh, see what you think. And... Um, <laughs> Thanks for listening this morning. We'll be retoby. I'm going to get a T-shirt with that on. Cheaper. And if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. 
their get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.